Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Soho Shortwave, a monthly podcast from Soho Radio, giving you a taste of the best content we produce every month. Soho Radio is an online radio station broadcasting from the heart of Soho, London. We have a wide range of talent and tastes across our music and culture channels. You're always bound to hear something new when you tune in. On this episode of Soho Shortwave, we hear from Platform London, Tamar Colacuta, Simone Marie's Naked Lunch and David Tart with Pop Tart's Mix Bag. Hi, this is Tamar Osborne, a saxophonist, a composer and band leader of Colocuta. So my show is very originally titled Tamar Colocuta. The music reflects basically everything I'm into. So it's anything from jazz to uh, music from all sorts of different parts of the world, some electronic stuff, all kinds of different things. Um, and every once in a while, I have a guest come in uh, to talk about their creative process um, and quite often focusing on an album they have coming out. If you'd like to listen live, tune in to the music channel from four till six every fourth Saturday. My last show, I was talking to Bex Birch of Bouliviel and they have a new album just about to drop. So I hope you enjoy our chat. that who's on guitar in that band it is uh marco piccioni on guitar who is a really for me a really unique player really really special sound your band has a really unique special I'm, sound i'm very lucky i've got a very nice band um i'll give the rest of them a, a quick shout because i've mentioned mike and josephine and Maurizio and marco um, and Affler and Magnus, who aren't in the band anymore, although I do miss them. Um, so the last remaining person is Suman Joshi on bass. Um, and on the previous two albums, he was playing um, upright. But on this album, he's on bass guitar, which uh, for me feels like his home. Really? <laughs> yeah. I wonder what everyone's, what every bass player's home is. Yeah. Ruth's is his bass guitar as well. Yeah. Oh, I love this record so much. And I didn't plan to but i've played the first track and the last track there. you have and they're both radio exclusives yeah <laughs> wow. well thanks um thanks for letting me hear it as well it's a very personal album and it's the music that i really needed to write to get through um a particular point in my life um when did what when was that that was a, a kind of i guess a sort of two-year period 2016 to 2018-ish. Um, and the the major thing that coloured that whole period was my mum passing away. Mm. Um, and there were various other things that happened in life around that. And I found writing music and trying to express what I was feeling through music to be the most um, positive and beneficial way I could try and deal with things. Has that always, has music always done that for you? Uh, m 
I I don't think I'd ever really thought about it as hard, but I think the answer would be yes. It's a it's a real place of escape and um and release. And there's it always amazes me that no matter how rubbish I'm feeling, if I'm ill, if I've got a cold, if you know something horrible's happened, whatever, the instant the instrument is in my hands and I have to play something, everything else goes away for that mm. period of time. And I, I've spoken to other musicians who the same thing happens for, and I'm sure it applies to any um, creative act. You, you go into a different space and you're allowed to step outside of anything else that's troubling you at the time when you go into right. that that space and does that happen for with writing for you as well yeah very much so uh, sometimes um more so than playing really? i can get really locked into a space where i don't notice anything else that's going on around me if once that sort of flow hits but i mean you, you do you find a similar thing when you're composing um Sorry, yeah, I'm just like enjoying <laughs> this, hearing out. your story. Yeah, <laughs> let's not talk about me. <laughs> we we will talk about you again later. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, it's I re- I'm just I'm just interested because, um, you know this this album is written right. It um, it's kind of a mixture because um, on the last album we had a few tracks which were purely improvised. Right. Um, and I realised that sometimes with my way of writing, it comes very much from the classical side of my training and I can be too prescriptive. Mm. And I really wanted to give the band more space to just play. So that last track you heard, um, there are two versions of it, pause and pause reprise. And there are basically just a, a handful of elements that the track is built around and then it's improvised after that. And the, the first track, Deep Peace, is similar. There are, I think, two drones and two riffs. Yeah. Um, that it's built around, but actually, it's the whole thing's improvised. So hopefully, it's different every time we play it. Wow, this is just resonating so much for me, and where um, where I'm kind of feeling I'm headed creatively yeah. as well. Yeah, and as it's, a composer and band leader, it's really special. I think when you have a group of musicians who are comfortable improvising, and they don't necessarily all come from the same improvising background, but they are all comfortable improvising to give them space to explore that and to explore each other's languages and how they can interact and what you can create as a group. Yeah. But yet still on the structure or vision or there's not really a word for it, but the you-ness yeah. that, that um, holds that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Let's play some music. Okay. So, Bex, tell us what we were just listening to. Um, well, the piece is Terry Riley in C, which mm-hmm. is a mega, mega classic. Work. Is it a classic? I think it's a classic. I, I think know, it counts as a classic. I never know Definitely. what a classic is Iconic. for people. <laughs> um, but the the version of this is Brooklyn Raga Massive. Okay. Because um, anyone who's familiar with in C would have recognised that it's a little bit different to the normal version. Um, the instrumentation and stuff and I really love this record that that was just the last track so the glorious ending kind of the wind down of 
like an hour's worth of music. So um, people really need to go and listen to the whole album to get the full experience. Yeah, I mean, we could play the whole thing now. I, I mean, that, that would, take would be up the show. The show. <laughs> <laughs> but talking of albums, I have a package in my hand. Happy, What's in this package? Happy New Album Day. This is <laughs> illegal. This is no. This is time travel. This is time travel. Okay. This isn't happening. This, this doesn't exist yet. <laughs> this is out February seventh, and this is so for you. I am looking at the brand new Vuliviel. Uh This is called "What's Not Enough About That." Um, what's the story behind the title? Um, it's about. There's your poster. Sorry. That's my poster as well. There's, there's albums being opened right now. It's very exciting. <laughs> Um, for me, it's about when I pretend I'm something usually more or sometimes less than I am. And that can be, um, sort of acting up for people. Mm -hmm. It can be lying. It can be loads of stuff that I basically hate. Right. And I, I don't like it. I feel rubbish. I don't think anyone else likes me when I'm doing it. Um, and a really amazing friend of mine, big shout out to Dawn, um, asked me these three questions. She said, are you alive? Yeah. Yes, you are <laughs> alive. Are you alive? I think I'm alive. Are you loved? I hope so. Come on, be honest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How amazing to yeah. admit that. What's not enough about that? True. So it's it's a lesson that I'm still absorbing and learning from and um, very grateful for. So this record and this track, what are you playing? So yeah, um, this track. We're okay. going to play the title track, um, which is also the new single, the latest single. Yeah. So this has a collaboration with um, Peter Zuma. Is that right? Uh, yes. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Queuing up and talking at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, live radio. How did that collaboration come about? Oh, the collaboration with Peter um, is ongoing and started with an email. I just got in touch through, Brilliant. you know, Quinton Scott. Yeah. yeah. Um, he gave me Peter's email and I it said, hi, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, I'm, this is, I'm Bex. Um, let's. Can you, will you be my friend, basically? <laughs> and we started actually sending each other little Sibelius files and okay. writing some stuff together, which yeah. at some point we're going to make a record, I'm sure, Brilliant. in the future. But it's And then I went to New York and, and met him and his amazing wife, Stephanie, um, in Staten Island in New York. Yeah. I had a really cool couple of days rehearsing, which was basically... <laughs> hanging out. Hanging out, <laughs> listening to his stories. Yeah. Um, just absorbing his Peterness, um, yeah, he's he's an amazing. The more, and I was a fan when I first emailed him. Yeah, and now, yeah, he's Even he's an amazing guy. And awesome. obviously, I wanted to get him involved yeah. as much as I can yeah. in anything I'm doing. And he um, graciously offered to um, guest on this, and he's also singing. In a, amongst a few other voices on another track as well, and Brilliant. Uh, yeah, and I got to play with his band when they were over last year, and yeah, great. So this is what's not enough about that, which is both the title of the album and the current single. Yeah. 
I'm the host of Pop-Tarts Mixed Bag. It took shape when I was at a small college radio station in Colorado called KDUR. And I, kind of, I hit on this idea of s- sampling heavily spoken word text. And by spoken word, I don't mean poetry. Uh, I mean anything that had been recorded on vinyl or any sort of audio recording device by uh, famous people, comedians, people trying to help you improve your sales techniques, scientific lectures, whatever I can get my hands on, is just started using that stuff um, very randomly, kind of cutting it together. And then rather than using the short little uh, sentences that like they do in hip hop, I'd use the whole you know paragraph, the whole lecture, and basically kind of chop it up using kind of a cut tape uh, method on it or a collage method on it. And then using ambient or funk or psychedelic music as an underlayment for it. And, you know, I try to keep it weird. So each week I pick a theme and then I plunder all this material from the internet. Uh, keep the themes random, but they're socially relevant. So they range from environmental to psychological to political to sociological. And occasionally they're just totally no- told nonsense. Um, So after I rip what I need, I chop it down into these simple bits, essential bits. And then next I find music that I want to use to score each segment. So this week's show, I have this theme, it's going to be fake news. It's a pretty dark theme. So for ambient music, I'm using uh, Ensemble Pearl's Island Epiphany off their self-titled album, along with some other ambient stuff from Mogwai, Sonic Youth, Mr. Oizo, and Sunburned Hand of the Man. My show is on Soho Radio. It's on from 6 to 7 every Tuesday. That's when they broadcast it live. Of course, you can pick it up afterwards on Soho's radio station's Mixcloud. And um, you should definitely tune in. It's a very interesting show. It's been described... It's the most disconnected, absurd, weirdest broadcast of babbling dribble that I've ever heard. It's quite apt, because that's exactly what I want it to be. Um, On the other hand, you know, I've gotten people that have said, you know, this is artistic radio at its highest. Reminds me of many art installations I've heard in various museums and galleries around the country. So some people really love the show, and some people find it babbling dribble misinformation, disinformation, and something known as confirmation bias, which is a cognitive bias where we seek out information to prove what we already thought to be true. For example, despite the research behind and availability of safe vaccines, there are an unknown number of websites preaching the dangers behind them. Technology has brought us to a point where we can no longer believe everything we hear, read, or even see. Technology has brought us to a point where we can no longer believe everything we hear, read, or even see. 
This altered video of US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was slowed down to make her sound intoxicated. Sure, sure visuals that obviously were planned long before I said. It spread like wildfire across social media. In 2018, misinformation was to blame for fueling chaos, confusion, violence, and death in Myanmar. It triggered mob attacks that left dozens dead in India. Experts are calling this current era information disorder. False information is shared without the intention to harm. Experts are calling this current era information disorder. Experts are calling this current era information disorder. Its main contributors are misinformation, which is when false information is shared without the intention to harm. Which is when false information is shared without the intention to Prioritized instead of posts with higher engagement. 
And then there are companies like Storyful. Social media giants like Facebook, Twitter, and Google have promised to curb misinformation on topics like vaccines. When the world's attention was on Thailand last July during a rescue mission to free a team of young soccer players from a flooded cave, fake videos and accounts went viral online. Storyful was able to determine the content was actually from Wisconsin and had been online since at least 2012. But of course, the hashtag was false. It didn't come from the Democrats. But of course, the hashtag was false. It didn't come from the Democrats. The hashtag was accompanied by a series of quite sophisticated looking images. And it purported to come from the US Democrat Party. And the idea was, according to the hashtag, that men should not vote in the US midterms. And as a result of their not voting, women's voices relatively more powerful the hashtag but of course the hashtag was false it didn't come from the democrats it was not genuine in any way and in fact it was something that was hatched on 4chan and it was done as a deliberate attempt to embarrass the democrats to fool members of the public into believing the campaign to be genuine and ultimately to get one over on journalists as well. But as information disorder becomes more and more sophisticated, President Trump is a total and complete dip. You see, I would never say these things. Someone else would. Someone like Jordan Peele. Experts agree the battle against fake news is far from over. The people who are spreading this misinformation they get it. They get that people are trying to stop them. They get how these platforms work. And they get, in many cases, what they need to do to avoid detection. So what can we do to navigate the pollution of information out there? Yes, yes, yes. How you doing, people? You are locked into Platform London. My name is Brian. I'm here with... Navi. What's going on, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are Platform London, and um, we're basically about helping young people get into the creative industries um, and actually just kind of figure out what they are and what all the roles are. Um, and then we draw on our experiences because we all have quite different career paths, I'd say. And we use that to help people figure out what they want to do and how they can do it. Um, and that's through workshops, events, and then obviously we do this radio show as well. That's right. Wherever you are creatively, we want to help you step up. And if you want to listen to us live, then we are on Soho Radio every fourth Monday of the month from 8 till 10pm on the Culture Channel. That's right. You know when you go to Westfield and you pass the pretzels and they have those little pretzels? <laughs> those are tasters. Here's a taster from our latest show. A little 10 minute clip for you. 
Right, so it's a new decade. It's 2020. Um, here at Platform London, we're, we've been going over some, you know, brand changes. So we've been a bit quiet on socials. We haven't yeah. really been, you know, letting people know what we're doing, but, you know, working hard and all that behind the scenes. So I think we just want to start off this new show by talking about what we kind of have planned for 2020 individually and also as Platform London as a group. So, Wendy, I'm looking at you because you've been busy already have and I? it's the 30th Some day. Some people take a break after Christmas season. They want to ease their way into the new year. Not Wendy. No, Not Wendy out here working. God. So, come on, yeah. you want to share what you've been doing? Well, I started full-time freelancing from September. So, since then, I've literally been figuring things out and making sure that I've got new work and stuff like that. Um, and this year, I kind of started a, a big project with a big brand. I can't say who yet, but I did a really nice project with a group of my friends and creatives that I love, and we were able to produce something beautiful for a brand. So to start the year like that was really nice. But right now, I've just been like building on that and making sure that I'm just creating some really cool work and working with some new people. And for me, I want that to transcend into Platform London and bring that as well. Amazing. So I've been doing. It sounds amazing. And I, I already know. I'm not going to say any more. Yeah, I just know that Wendy has been doing bits and she will be doing bits. So, Suneo. Thank you. Hello. You've been in Berlin? Yes, I spent my Christmas holidays in Berlin. It was fantastic. Oh, it was do? so painful coming. Listen, yeah, I did an 1,000 piece puzzle. When <laughs> was the last time anyone in this room did a jigsaw puzzle it was actually so relaxing Never. i mean it was very stressful <laughs> exactly. and it took us like three days to complete oh, but wow. i'm not even joking this i feel like that was the best way to start my year because that puzzle mm. just taught me so much about perseverance <laughs> about i think i think we need to do puzzles now wendy don't we no, i'm not even joking the act of doing a puzzle yeah because that thing really just tests you from everything your memory your patience because i did with my mom and my sister so just the three of us working together, teamwork, team building mm. is bonding. Mm -hmm. But it was fantastic. And even like my mom's done and framed it now. So oh, that's amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's so cute. It was it was so rewarding at the end. So yeah, but you know, this year is just big and better. Yeah. Like obviously we're still easing our way in. So we're quiet for now. But you know, keep keep watching the space. Keep watching the space. We just want to do bigger, better, more. Okay, that sounds amazing. And yeah, following that, I agree. Like, for me, I've just been working, working, working. But since 2020, I've just thought, let's just take a back seat because 2019, I feel it was just work and it wasn't even yeah. like fun work sometimes. It was just work. And I need to kind of chill. And I've literally only had one job which has been amazing. But it's the <laughs> fact that, like, I'm just chilling. Um, me and Wendy are going to LA. We're yes, just gonna, I cannot wait. With, um, yeah, so we're just going to be celebrating. I think taking it chill. But I think for me, 2020 is going to be about doing more what I want to do and right. working less. So earning more and working less. Working smart. Is that not the goal for us all, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that kind of ties into this radio show's theme. So I guess some of you know me as Astro Isha. <laughs> and I'm also wearing my Astro Isha top. I know. Oh my God, I didn't even you know. Guys, you guys I can't, just yeah. saw it right now. <laughs> you guys, course, I came prepared. Course. Don't worry. Please. So this show, it's the first show of 2020. And we wanted to kind of introduce astrology because it's a topic that's been coming up amongst music, films, TV shows. Um, and it's getting more of a positive rep than its normal kind of negative stereotype. Right. And we kind of just want to throw it out there and show you what astrology can predict, what it does predict for 2020, and just a bit more information. 
So we're going to start it off with the basics. And Wendy and Sanayu here, like they hear yeah. me rant about this. <laughs> so it's great to have people as well who, you know, don't know a lot about it. I so have they questions. Can... Oh God, she has questions ready. She's going to challenge me before I've even said anything. <laughs> so yeah, we just kind of want to explain astrology, not in these complicated terms, just the normal language and what it means. So everybody's heard of astrology, but what are your thoughts when I just say astrology? When you say astrology to me, to be fair, I never really actually knew. I just think like horoscopes mm-hmm. and that's as far as I know. I know it's like everyone's yeah. got a star sign. And I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Libra. <laughs> that's amazing. That's basically it. it. Right. No, I, do, I do know about like, like you have a birth chart. Okay. I know that. And was that for have... me? It actually wasn't. Oh, I was well, dating someone then. that actually knew a lot about astrology oh, and they were talking to me about that I'm their star and their moon or something oh, like that. Am I just goodness. making that up? No, no, no. So, yeah, yeah. The sunrise, or yeah, the like rising, that. right? Yeah, but then I never caught on because you have to have like the exact um, yeah. time you were born. But my mum made it up, so it wasn't accurate. So oh, I need to do it again. So right. it has to be that accurate. That accurate. So, yeah. so let me just give you some, you know, basic facts. So astrology does not. When people say your sun sign, that is part of astrology. Right. That is maybe one hundred fifth of astrology. <laughs> it's not even that big in astrology or sun right. sign. So astrology is basically how I describe it is you've got to look into your birth chart. And as Wendy was saying, your birth chart is basically a chart that is made and it depends on where you're born, what time zone you're born in, the date, the month, the year. So it's kind of, I, I say it's like a snapshot of the universe and where the planets were in that exact moment. But it's also, I describe it as your astrological DNA. So it's a way to not give excuses, but explain behaviours, explain phobias, explain why we act and think certain ways. So it's your personality. It is a personality, but it's also more than that. It's kind of, it's like your DNA. It's like your DNA. It's like why you may also look certain ways or act or feel or there's stuff that you can't explain. So it's quite deep. um, And I feel like people don't understand it part oh you're a libra yeah do you know what i mean to be fair because what does that even mean i'm a libra exactly well and then also following that (laughs) the main things that we're gonna kind of just cover is your sun moon and rising so when people you know talk about astrology who kind of are getting into it these are the first three things so basically your sun is your horoscope your sun sign Uh. so the sun represents who you are overall so as an overall person wendy you're capricorn okay as an overall saneo you're a libra I'm an Aquarius. But these, when people use traits to describe your entire life, like, oh, when do you're a Capricorn, so you must just be like really rude and hardworking and not have a heart. But it's not true. That, exactly, it's not true because oh, no. how, can one, mean... how can one trait describe everything? Yeah, yeah. No. So that's why in astrology you have a birth chart and it's so in depth that every planet represents something, every planet rules something, every sign. So for example, Libra, Scorpio, you know, all them, they're called signs. They also rule body parts. So everything is, you know, kind of, it kind of coincides with each other. Mm. So then you have your moon. Your moon represents who you are internally. So you may have a Capricorn sun, but your moon might be, for example, a Cancer. And they're very, very different. So because I don't know, yours i'm gonna go with mine so i'm an aquarius sun but how do you know what yours is oh because because the birth chart or the birth chart will tell you the birth chart will tell you and you can do it online there's various websites depending on what astrological calendar you follow it can change but you know it's it shouldn't really change that much so yeah for example i'm an aquarius sun just for some light reminders it's just aquarius suns are mostly like 
very shy at first or they're extremely loud and confident and bold. They're quite creative. They don't really like to show emotions. So that's who I am overall. Internally, my moon is a Taurus. So Taurus is the earth sign. Tauruses are known to be... They just, they love food. They love to comfort people. They're quite the mother sign. It's quite a feminine sign. Are you serious? Yeah, Tauruses, you know, they're quite nurturing. But then there's also another side of the stubbornness. Oh, that's the my lazy. No. They um They love to spend money on things that make them feel comfortable. So like, for example, if we're going out to eat, they'll want to go to a nice place because they don't mind spending money if it's going to pleasure them. Right. So Tauruses, you know, I think they're, they have a sign that are quite balanced and get along with a lot of people, but they do have some traits of, you know, the stubbornness and the laziness. Yeah, no, and... my dad is a Taurus. And when you say stubborn, that is him right there. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, okay. need, I, I don't know about the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I know, yeah. Okay. But you see, there are arguments. I know, I know you guys aren't coming at me. I thought you would. There no. are arguments about people like, oh, but like, you know, if you say something, people are just going to, you know, kind of pin it on them and be like, oh, but I do this. Um, but that's why astrology is more in depth. So mm. obviously there's your rising. Your rising is how people view you. Mm -hmm. So these are the three main components. So I have a rising of a Capricorn. So although I actually am overall an Aquarius, people see me or most likely see me as a Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And the traits of a Capricorn, I like it. Some people don't. Capricorns are the most hardest working signs. I'm attested that. Because that's oh, true. I agree. I work too hard. Amen. These, Amen. you know, that. can't swear on the show, but these, you know, they not. do not sleep. Oh. They work hard. They, well, they're represented by the mountain goat. And the mountain goat, Ooh. you know, it takes a long time to get to the top, but when they do, they're the best at what they do. do you know what? I really agree with that. There's, there's more to it. So, for example, when people, I'm just going to go over this because everybody always asks, but I'm a Libra, so who's my compatible sign? Right, yeah. But you know what's funny? It's not even about your sun signs because if you think about it, astrology explains different parts and it's broken down into who you are, outwardly, inwardly, online, how people see you. It's broken down into your your love life, your sex life, your career, your health, your home life, your up. There's so many um, like parts of it. So when someone asks you who's your match, you're only gonna know if you have their birth chart because you've got to look at the Mars and Venus because Mars extensive information. That yeah, that is like yeah. first date. Like, so when are you born? What, what time? time? What, what country? You know. No, if you, I mean, if you want to know, then just get the birth chart and you can find out. But it's not about sun signs at all. Hi, this is Simone Marie and I do a show every Wednesday on Soho Radio. It's called Naked Lunch. You should tune in. Uh, the show is new music, uh, new releases, some cool remixed stuff, some old music. So you'll hear rock, punk, indie, electronica and anything cool, really. Uh, I do have guests on sometimes too. I mean, Johnny Marr's been on. What more do you want? So if that's your kind of thing, every Wednesday, 12 to 2, Soho Radio, Naked Lunch with me, Simone Marie. Coming up next is a segment from my latest show. How cool though, super sultry, dark vibes from Ghost Poet, brand new music. We waited so long for new music and uh, and it's out and I can't wait to hear more. That's Concrete 
Pony from Ghost Poet. And uh, Baxter Jury, I'm Not Your Dog, just before that from the album The Night Chances. So I got some vibes for you today, of course, Naked Lunch. Uh, I have some, is it Happy Meal Limited? HMLTD? What does it actually stand for? <laughs> that was asked my producer. Uh, um, I've got New Low Lives. I've got some Plague Vendor. I've got some El Alkin. I've got some Ishivu, which is such a badass track. I've got Field Music, uh, Shopping. Uh, I've got Fuck Band. Sorry, that's just what they're called. Don't don't sue me. Uh, and uh, Lido, Pimienta, uh, Laurel and the Obsolete. Got some strokes. I've got, what's that? Have you found it? What does it stand for? It is Happy Meal Limited. There we go. I've heard lots of different things, but hey. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, got loads coming up for you. And uh, if you want to tweet me in Samomarie4 or at Soho Radio, all of that social media stuff. This is Crocodiles. <laughs> A nod to Fantasy Sound, Errol Alkin. Hello to you, uh, Spectrum. I mean, clearly that's just going to fuck shit up in any club, isn't it, really? And uh, Errol is... Errol? Errol. Can't speak. Uh, is back at Village Underground in London, Friday, 24th of April. Get down, take the day off afterwards. I want to play this while I'm on this kind of electronic tip. It's uh, called Metamorphos, and it's by Ishibu. But if you're at work or at home or whatever you're doing, you might just want to like stop what you're doing and just, you know, get down. Wow, pretty intense stuff. I mean, you wouldn't be out of place on tour with Sigaros, would it? That's the next single from Molly, Another Glimpse. Um, I've seen these guys live and they're absolutely brilliant. You really have to check them out. They're just a two-piece. Um, and uh, just sonically, I, I think they're absolutely brilliant. I know I said that before. Repeating myself. They're coming to London uh, on the 18th of February. They're playing the Shacklewell Arms. Feedback. Hello. Hmm. Yeah, London Chaco Arms on the 18th of February. On the 19th, they're at Brighton uh, at the Hope and Ruin. Uh, and then they head to Paris and France. So catch up with them online, uh, soniccathedral.com forward slash Molly Band. This is new from Sheafs. It's called Total Vanity. We all know one, don't we? Thanks for listening to Soho Shortwave. 
If you want to hear more like this, you can subscribe to the podcast, tune in live to the music or culture channel at SohoRadioLondon.com or catch up on Mixcloud. This is a Soho Radio Productions podcast.